Thank you, New York. Today, we're reminded of the power of community and the power of coming together. Athletes, on your mark. The first woman to finish for the second straight year here in the New York City Marathon is Mickey Gorman, a smiling Mickey Gorman, and why not? 2.29.30, the time for Gritterbikes. Look at the emotion of Shalane Flanagan as she comes to the line. Pointing to his chest, pointing to the USA. He so proudly wears across his chest. A great day for Beth Kapleski. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Set the Pace, the official podcast of New York Roadrunners. I'm your host, Rob Simulcare, the CEO of New York Roadrunners, and joining me, as always, my co-host, 2009 New York City Marathon champion, Meb Kofleski. Meb, nice to see you. It's good to see you, Rob. How you been? I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. It's been uh, a good run. We've had a lot of great running going on in the New York area. We'll talk about that in a bit, but... No, unfortunately, I think like a lot of folks in the running world, Meb, uh, you know, our spirits are definitely a bit dampened, uh, saddened, really, right by, right now with the news that we received over the weekend about Kelvin Kiptum. And you know, just so folks know, we taped this podcast on Mondays, so um, we received this news like so many people uh, on Sunday as the Super Bowl was about to get going. Um, and it was uh, it was just so hard to to really process the news. Um, you know, this was a 24 year old young man who had already catapulted himself to the top of the running world, um, setting the world record for the marathon in Chicago just a few months ago. You know, likely on his way to his first Olympics with uh, Team Kenya, and uh, just tragic news to hear that he. His coach, Gervais Hakizamana, um, also was in this car that apparently suffered a fatal accident in Kenya. And Meb, it was just um, really tragic to receive that news yesterday. It was a shock, Rob. Calvin Kepton was a star. He was a legend at a, such a young age, looking forward to being an Olympian, represent his country and hopefully challenge, you know, uh, you look chuggy to something spectacular about people were anticipating for and to be gone too soon. Just, uh, you know, I kind of, my mind went exactly where Steve Prefontaine was, you know, to, the whole nation was on your side and to hope to do great things. Uh, my condolences is with his kids, his family, uh, his team and the world because everybody was anticipating this young man to just do something phenomenal. But, Life is, you never know what, what kind of curveball comes at you. Absolutely. And condolences from everyone at New York Roadrunners, the Abbott World Marathon Majors family, of course, which we're also a part of. Um, just uh, a lot of sadness in the running community today. And so um, our, our best wishes for everyone in uh, Kelvin Kiptum's, Gervais, Hockey's, Amana's, families, friends, fans all around the world um, as this uh, news continues to process. With that said, Meb, uh, lots to look forward to uh, as well. We've got a fun and special episode today. Our New York Roadrunner Senior Vice President of Events and the Race Director of the TCS New York City Marathon, as well as the United Airlines NYC half, Ted Metellus, will join us to talk about everything you need to know for this year's United Airlines NYC half. It's coming so soon. It's It may not quite feel like it yet, but spring racing season is coming, and so can't wait to get to that. Also, a lot happened this past weekend here in New York. We had the New York Roadrunners annual Gridiron four-mile race presented by the Flag Art Foundation. That's our annual event with a bit of a football theme. We had about 5,000 finishers come across the finish line, and folks were testing out their arm strength with the football throw and their vote for who they thought was going to win the game. Also, Meb, and over in Washington Heights at the, arm, at the Armory, we had the 116th running of the Milrose Games, one of the great events in track and field and some really great performances there. 2023 New Balance 5th Avenue Mile Champion Josh Kerr broke the two-mile world record with a time of eight minutes flat, 0.67 seconds. That record was previously held by the one and only Mo Farah. And in the New York Roadrunners Wanamaker Mile, which is the big kind of headline event every year at the Milrose Games, it was Jared Nagus taking the win with a time of three minutes, 
47.83 seconds, he became the first man since Matthew Centrowitz to repeat as Wanamaker Mile champion. On the women's side, it was Ellie St. Pierre with a win, her third win in this race, taking down the American record with a time of 4 minutes, 16.41 seconds in the mile. So, Meb, a lot of great track and field. Amazing, amazing uh, experience and amazing results. You know, the one, the Melrose Games always been on my bucket list since high school. It is a sport that kind of puts everybody together. I was glued to the TV to, with my daughter to Fiori to watch the races and to see this amazing results was incredible. You know, it's just, you know, to be the best of the best and be able to just share those and kind of vicariously lose through live through others yeah like i said Riaro nugos ran amazing trying to go for the world record but to be able to win the title was important and josh kerr you know the fifth avenue mile champion to be able to be it's, it's just nice to be in new york but to be an indoor season is just it's just phenomenal and obviously grant fisher also broke the american record and you know uh, cole hawker also was under the Amer- previous american record so it was a lot of great results all around i was just uh, excited to just watch it on tv and see some familiar faces All right. Well, Meb, we'll have uh, a little bit more from you on tips later on. Of course, our Meb Minute will be talking about getting recovery incorporated into your training. And want to make sure that folks make it to the starting line, whether it's for the United Airlines NYC half or another spring race. So that's coming up in just a minute. And also, we're going to have our member moment. We'll be talking to NYRR member Peter Kirk. Peter's running the United Airlines NYC half, and we're going to hear from Peter about his incredible life-changing story and why this year's NYC half will be one of a thousand half marathons he's running to raise money for cancer research. So that's coming up. Also, one last piece of business before we get to Ted. This is the last week of our sweepstakes, giving away a bib for this year's United Airlines NYC half. So at the end of the show, we'll have a trivia question. You'll send in your answer along with a screenshot proving that you've subscribed to Set the Pace and left a rating. Send that to the email address nyrrpodcast at nyrr.org, and you'll have a chance to win a coveted spot in this year's United Airlines NYC half. All right. All that business done. Let's get to the man who's putting it all together in March, Ted Metellus, the race director of the United Airlines NYC half. And Ted, before we get to the race, I, I know you were at the Milrose Games this weekend. You, along with me, were you know shocked to get the news, of course, about Kelvin Kipton as well last night. So uh, your reflections from the weekend before we get into the half. Hey, Rob. Hey, Meb. Um, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks in this space of running when you think about it. I mean, it's true reflections to life and the sport, highs and lows. Um, incredible Olympic trials. It was great seeing Meb there. Meb was smiling as bright as the sun that was above all the athletes. It was such an amazing day for our sport and our our industry and our country being there. Uh, Orlando did an amazing job hosting this amazing event. The team at Track Shack, uh, John Hughes and his team did an amazing job there. And you know, you and I were chatting about how great a week it was. And then you know, coming home having some great races, getting prepped and set. Obviously, Melrose Games here in Watts Heights and our involvement as New York Roadrunners have been for many, many, many years. Um, Being out there to see, again, young people, very young people, the world's fastest kid that were running and some of our elite athletes that were out there running and breaking world records. Again, a tremendous high. And then uh, I come home and I'm laying down and I'm kind of like chilling out for a little bit after a long day of events being at the Flag Art, Gridiron, Four Miler, and at Melrose Games. And then, you know, we get this text and Rob, you were on that group text with all of the race directors and the team from AWMM and it was devastating. Like you couldn't even believe it. I mean, I just, I was in Chicago when he broke the world record. You know, I was there in the in the women's press truck and I hear the news of the world record just got broken and I couldn't believe it. And to see the smile and energy that Kerry Pinkowski had to greet Calvin Kipton as he crossed the finish line, one of the most iconic finishes that we've seen to date, you know, it's yet another reminder of, you know, the importance of living life to the fullest, um, valuing the moments that you have, uh, being blessed to be able to live and breathe and be active and move, which is what's our mantra at New York Roadrunners. So, you know, again, deepest condolences to all affected and impacted by this. And um, I think a lot of folks will be going into the marathon year, particularly on the uh, Abbott World Marathon male side, uh, marathon major side with this in their mind. Um, so, again, 
a tremendous reminder of the value of life. Well said. Appreciate that. And uh, certainly a reminder for all of us how, how precious life can be. So, Ted, let's, uh, let's look ahead to something positive, something that so many people are excited for, the United Airlines NYC half. And, you know, Ted, we put on a lot of half marathons at New York Roadrunners, five a year, in fact. But there is just something different about this one. We had over 50,000 people apply to get into this race this year. Just about half of them got in. Folks are still out there scrambling for spots and, you know, playing our sweepstakes trivia to try to get into this race. What is it about this half, Ted, that is so special? You know, this event's got tremendous legacy when you think about the half marathon distance in New York going back decades with uh, some of the smaller half marathons that New York Roadrunners produced. And uh, as the distance grew and the running community grew, the event grew. Um, Jim Heim, the race director prior to me, stated at best, it's the springtime equivalent to the marathon. Um, It's a two-borough marathon, and we'll talk a little bit about the course in a little bit, that starts in the great borough of Brooklyn and ends in Central Park in New York City. Uh, It's tremendous. We have international athletes. We have a ton of athletes that are running for various charity groups. Uh, It's an opportunity to run through Times Square, an opportunity to run over the Manhattan Bridge. Again, I don't want to spoil the the course descriptive a little bit, but it's an amazing, amazing event and a true kickoff to the, you know, marathon, half marathon training season and running season. You know, I'm going to interfere a little bit, but, you know, the NYC half was actually in August. So we're going to go back to history just because it was supposed oh, to be yeah. a tune-up race for the World Championship and things like that. I was in the inaugural of it, of the race. But how now you, you describe it as the spring marathon, a kick after the marathons. How do you see yourself being in charge of the 25,000? It grew. It grew. You know, in August, it was kind of hot. Not sure how it was going to people do, but in the March... How do you see that grow now and being responsible for 25,000 or so people? Well, it's evolution. I mean, think about where the sport was and where the sport is today and the growth of the sport and the engagement of the sport. Um, The work that was put in here was done prior to me getting in this position years ago. You know, that was work that was done going way back to, you know, the Alan Steinfelds and the Mary Wittenbergs really looking at this and bringing the race downtown to Lower Manhattan, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember the August races where we used to have inside the park. Uh, so the race has evolved and changed over time. And with that, it allowed it, to, it allowed it to grow and change with the audience that runs it and participates in it. You got to give huge credit to the city of New York and its partnership there to say, hey, we want to create an event that starts in Brooklyn, runs over the Manhattan Bridge, takes the FDR drive, cuts across Times Square and heads in and finishes in in Central Park, which, you know, it was a huge, huge ordeal to even consider it. And it was many years of planning to get the event to where it is uh, today. So um, people are excited about it. It's a great kickoff again to get in the springtime run in and uh, to be able to host the, the country, our city and the world in the spring is a good prep and kickoff to what we experience in the fall. One of only two times a year, you mentioned Times Square, Ted, that Times Square is closed to vehicular traffic, the NYC half, and of course, New Year's Eve. So a special opportunity for everybody out there, not just the adults, by the way, the kids races all take place right around Times Square. So the little ones as well as the adults get to run through that landmark on the day of the NYC half. Ted, another special component of this year's half, it's the 10th anniversary of our pro wheelchair division. Um, And Susanna Scaroni will be back. She competed in our first pro wheelchair division race and so excited to say she'll be back as a part of this year's professional women's field. Ted, what does that mean to have this, uh, this anniversary and how important are the wheelchair athletes to what makes this event special? Well, you know, first, Susanna's an incredible athlete that has participated in many of our Roadrunner races. Um, and to be able to, as we stated before, watch the evolution of the sport and how it's grown to have so many dynamic athletes of all uh, abilities come out and compete at a high level is huge. Um, being able to create and design a course that's conducive to fast, safe uh, participation for our wheelchair athletes has been amazing. And those athletes inspire the future. Um, you mentioned the youth that will be out there. One new component to our Rising New York Roadrunners Town Square Kids Run is the fact that we're going to have stage one participants. So our littlest athletes, the two-year-olds, that will be out there running dashes on Town Square as our lead athletes and our elite athletes come cruising by. So it's going to be incredible. 
All right, Ted, let's get into the logistics for some of the folks out there who are excited to run this race. Maybe it's their first time. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about, of course, is getting people there, the transportation. And this is one of the things that people always stress about and think about for any big race. What do runners need to know to start thinking about how to get themselves to the starting line? Uh, Rob, you know, you and I talk often and, you know, I'm a big fan of travel. I love going places, especially if there's a sun and a beach. <laughs> so the better prepared you are before going to see experience to your uh, trip, the better the trip will be. So what we ask athletes to do are, you know, when you we'll talk about the um, the United Airlines um, New York City half experience where you'll pick up your bib and everything there. There'll be the athlete guide will have some details as to what you need to look for and experience, but definitely looking at where you are staying. If you're coming from a home or if you're traveling in from out of town and staying at a hotel or a friend's house, your mode of transportation to get down to the Brooklyn Museum, which will be the best landmark that you have, Grand Army Armor, Grand Army Plaza, which will be your grit, your best landmark that you'll have, what subway lines you need to take to get there. So you have a comfortable and smooth line there. Definitely looking at the MTA website on any trains that may be impacted and also looking at the New York Roadrunners website as it relates to the United Airlines New York City Half Marathon page on transportation and, and travel to get on site. But subways are the best way to get there. MTA all the way. Fastest, most efficient way to get there. So you can have yourself a smooth and and, and great race day. Ted, how is that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. You know, it takes a village to measure the New York City half marathon goes very smoothly. Can you tell us about the volunteers that get involved? How many of them are there? And, you know, wearing a jacket, whether it's blue or something where people can say, hey, I have special people come out of the country to be able to just get a little advice and helpful from the audience or the volunteers. Can you give us a little information on that, please? They are the official cheer group of the marathon and the city of New York. Our volunteers are incredible. Thousands of them will be out there to greet you and welcome you at the experience when you pick up your bib, at the start line when you're dropping off your bag. They'll be on the course at the eight eight stations that'll be out there and as well greeting you at the finish line to give you your medal and your heat sheet and your food bag as you make your way down. They keep New York City running. So our volunteers are amazing, many of which will be running or have run the race in the past. So they're giving back in many ways as well. So uh, huge props to Donna, Melinda, Matthew, and the rest of the team that worked so hard to get everybody out there to uh, participate in this amazing event. So uh, our volunteers are amazing, not just on the great day for United Airlines New City Half Marathon, but every single day. All right, Ted, another topic that runners are always focused on on a big race day is baggage. Of course, one of our other favorite topics at New York Road Runners. You know, we don't know what kind of weather we're going to have. We're still a ways out, but sometimes it's chilly in March in New York and folks need stuff to stay warm uh, before the race starts. How can runners expect that to be handled? Will they get their baggage uh, back at the finish line? Um, how much can they bring for those who haven't done this before? How does that all work? So the baggage operation um, is critical for this event because the weather, the weather factor here is something that I think everybody needs to pay close attention to. So not only are you taking time out to look at your mode of transportation to get to the start line via public transportation, but what the weather is going to be. And you should start looking at that pretty early because um, that's going to dictate what you'll need to bring with you on race day, which we'll chat about in a little bit, but then what you have as far as your post-race gear. So we'll be supplying all athletes at the expo with a, at the experience with a bag that you'll will will transport from the start line so when the athletes are making their way down onto Eastern Parkway and Washington to get through screening, they'll be able to drop their bags off. Our volunteers and staff will be there to receive those, and they will be transported and waiting for the athletes on Central Park West at 63rd Street for them when they complete and get done. So it'll be a smooth operation there. Ted, of course, they'll be picking those bags that they need for baggage up at the United Airlines NYC Half Experience presented by New Balance. What can folks expect at the experience? What, what should folks look forward to for that? So the experience will be at a venue called Center 415, which is at 415 Fifth Avenue, East 37th Street in the city. Um, it'll be open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, Thursday and uh, Friday, they'll open up at 10, Saturday at 8. Uh, athletes should have made their prearrangements as to what time they are arriving to pick up their packets. It will be, I want to say, your standard 
uh, expo experience, but with a little bit of a twist. Great opportunities to uh, engage, obviously, with other athletes and participants. Our coaches will be there doing a coach review and a course review of what you'll see and experience on race day. Your opportunity to get your final race day needs. Some great gear from our partners in New Balance, and as well, uh, some great photo opportunities that folks will have with our partners from United Airlines. So it is your one-stop shop to get the goodies that you need right in the heart of New York City. So uh, make sure you plan accordingly. Again, look at how you're going to get to that location. The city will be buzzing with activity because it's St. Patrick's Day weekend in New York. So Saturday is the parade. So plan accordingly there. Sunday will be our parade that we'll have starting in Brooklyn and ending in Central Park. Is there any, uh, you know, for those people that have done the race in the past, is there any change from 2023 to 2024? Great question, Meb. Yes. So this event has had some minor edits. Um, you mentioned earlier, back in the day when the race was in August, when the race was inside of Central Park, when we started in Central Park and ended on the west side. So this change has made some significant uh, evolutions over time. One minor change that we've made into this year's race is the start line is still on Washington Avenue, but we have done, we've adjusted the screening of the athletes. So all athletes will be screened and checked prior to getting to their corrals. The screen, that screening will be on Eastern Parkway just before Washington. So that's the only minor adjustment that the athletes will see on race day. The course still remains the same there where you'll be starting on Washington, doing an out and back on Flatbush Avenue, entering into beautiful Prospect Park, and then making your way up Flatbush Avenue over the Manhattan Bridge into the Lower East Side, down through um, FDR Drive, uh, down through Times Square, and then making your way into the park. And that course, Ted, I mean, when people ask me why run this half marathon, like, it's the course. I mean, it, it is really... A spectacular course. You mentioned some of the highlights, but what do you think makes this course so special? I'll tell you, you know, I've never run it and I want to run it, but unfortunately, you got me too busy this day. You know, they they got me doing meeting interviews and I'm in the car, you know, greeting the winners at the finish line. All things, of course, I want to do, but truthfully, I really want to run this race. And the, the thing I really want to do is run over the Manhattan Bridge because that's just such a great view, you know. The Brooklyn Bridge is special, but the the Manhattan Bridge gives you a view of the Brooklyn Bridge and the skyline behind it. What do you think makes this this course so special? I I don't know how much more I need to add to that, Rob. I mean, you gotta <laughs> you knocked it off the part when you talk about the description of that. And I too would love to run this race. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being able to participate in an event that ran over that the bridge. I've obviously gone over the bridge myself and doing some some prep work and post cleanup work on the route for the athletes there. But it's incredible. Uh, I've I was mentioning to an athlete recently that's participating in this event for the first time, and my recommendation to them, and Meb would appreciate this as as a professional athlete, but an athlete that is still out there running and participating in races, head up, head up, keep your head up and really soak in what this experience is going to be as you're out there and you're running. Um, It is, you know, again, prep for the weather, dress appropriately for it. And we'll chat a little bit about that on the prep leading into what the experience is going to be. But when you are going over the Manhattan Bridge, it's iconic and amazing. When you are going through time um, to the uh, Lower East Side and Chinatown, it's amazing and iconic, vibrant neighborhoods and communities there. As you make your way onto the FDR Drive, again, Epic views. Look to your right. Look out there and see the East River as you make your way there. Cut across Times Square. Again, head up and soak it all in. Ted, you mentioned the city partners and how important they are to us pulling this event off and that we couldn't do it without them. They also have a pretty fun competition amongst themselves, the Commissioner's Cup taking place. Tell us about that. It's not just NYPD and, and the fire department. This is all the city agencies getting into the mix. That's it. It's happening. I think uh, NYPD and FDNY inspired uh, many of the agencies with the Mayor's Cup that we host at the TCSU City Marathon. Last year, we we brought upon the Commissioner's Cup. And coming out of that, we said, you can't have a Commissioner's Cup. And that opened it up to all of the agencies that have commissioners. So DOT and sanitation and all of these different teams that work so hard with us day in and day out to support us. The Parks Department will have a team out there. So even the MTA, amazingly enough, which is a state-run agency, will have representation as part of the Commissioner's Cup there. It's an it's a opportunity for folks to inspire their colleagues, their teammates, and the city around them, and showing that not only are the people that work to ensure that we have a safe city, but also a city that is moving is healthy. Safe city is important, and uh, you know, getting to that finish line is very, very important, especially as a friendly competition. 
What do you have on the course for those athletes in the middle to make sure they're, whether it's hydration, gels, and things like that, to be able to get to that finish line to the best they can? So here's my opportunity to go into the nitty gritty of what this race course is going to experience here. So we've talked about the route. We talked about the route experience. One of the things I want to say, Meb, you'll appreciate this from the technical meetings that we have for our pro athletes, kind of going into what the race experience will be and how you need to be prepped for. I will start with this. Leverage your training and lean back on that. Be prepared for what you're going to see firsthand. For those of us that are running training and preparing ourselves in cooler weather markets, remember what you're wearing on those cooler days, whether it's in the 40s, in the 30s, or even the 20s. What are you wearing and prepping for? And that is what you should be doing on race day. As far as what you're going to see on the route, as far as elements and support, we'll have eight aid stations on the course, seven medical stations along the route as well. There will be a jail station on the course as well for athletes there. Um, so we'll have be fully supported there on a, on a secure and locked course for our runners out there. We'll have entertainment stations on the route. We'll have cheer stations on the route as well. This event will be broadcast, so family and friends will be able to see you out there as you're running through Times Square and various parts of the city. Rob mentioned the youth event that we're having on Times Square. So when you're running by there, look over to your right, and you'll see some young folks that will be running right alongside of you there. So it's a question of, can they keep up with you, or can you keep up with them? And when you make your way to the finish line there, all your post-race amenities will be waiting for you. Your medal, as I've mentioned, your food bag, and your heat sheet. You'll make your way down. We have various partners that will be there activating and engaging HSS and some other partners that will have their opportunity to take your photos. So make sure you smile and get that great photo from our partners from Marathon Photo. And then you head out and exit. There's a family reunion area on Central Park West so folks can meet and connect with their families or head on over and get some brunch, kick back and celebrate St. Patrick's Day and your incredible race. It's going to be an incredible weekend uh, in New York. Ted, you talked about the spectators and of course, want to make sure folks know there's a, a great way to follow the runners and that's the official app of the United Airlines NYC half. That'll come out usually about a week or so before the race. You can download it. It's similar to the app we put out for the TCS New York City Marathon. Great runner tracking functionality, some other stuff in there as well that can help you follow the race, see what's going on, the live broadcast you mentioned, uh, as well as just you know, great information for spectators about where to watch, things like that. So what's your biggest piece of advice for the spectators who are out there trying to catch their friends and family watching this race? You know, start early, uh, get out there and catch the athletes on, on Flappish Avenue as you cruise through, hop on the subway there, make your way into the city so you can catch them along the, uh, along the route um, in the city when they're making their way through Times Square. Uh, definitely bundle up, be there, bring some signs, bring the energy, bring the noise, dress appropriately. It is St. Patrick's Day. Get that green out there and have as much fun as the runners. Um, Meb, you know this. We've all run races. The crowd will power you to the finish line. So the energy you give is the energy you receive. So help them get there. And for those who are going to watch at home, coverage will begin locally on ABC Channel 7 at 6 a.m., and then there'll be a complete live stream of the pro races starting on nyrr.org, WABC, and ESPN digital channels all beginning at 7 a.m. Meb, the half is such an interesting distance for the pros. You know, we got some folks who come out and we see them at the marathon distance. Then we got some folks we're used to seeing at 10K who move up to the half. What are your thoughts about the half as a distance for pros and how you think about it from that perspective? The half is a perfect distance. You might see the 5Kers or 10Kers, sometimes even milers into that distance and you bring down the, the marathon runners. It's a challenge, you know, the pride of, hey, I might be a marathoner, but I'm going to show you what's going on in the half marathon or somebody making their way from the 5K, 10K to the marathon. They want to do the, go through the half marathon. So it's very, it's a great distance personally and very doable. And it's a threshold where you can, you're not all out sprint, but you got to use some of your tactics to be able to uh, be competitive. And if you're a miler, you know, if you're a marathon, you want to get rid of the miler early on because you don't want to be there for the kick. And if you're a miler or 5K, are you trying to hang on for life to be able to just get you to the last mile so you can outkick those marathoners? So it's a very interesting race. And I think it's fun, you know, and you can do a lot of great things after the after the half marathon versus a marathon. Absolutely. Ted, of course, sustainability is always a big part of what we do at New York Roadrunners. And we got a lot of things going on with this United Airlines NYC half trying to keep this race as sustainable as it can be. 
Volvo providing the lead vehicles. They'll be hybrid and electric vehicles. The finisher metals are made from recycled materials, domestically made. Uh, we're also going to have, of course, a lot of runners throw that clothing away, right? They want to wear it all the way to the start, maybe past the start, and then they start tossing it off and throwing it to the side. Donated or discarded, I should say, clothing at the start will be collected and donated to all of us clothing. And we're also going to have green team volunteers doing waste diversion, which is sorting waste into separate categories. Leftover food and recovery bags are going to be donated to City Harvest. All the Gatorade cups will be compostable and they will be composted after the race. And uh, recycled metal information signage at the experience as well, where runners are waiting in line to take photos. So a lot of sustainability efforts here, Ted, to make this race as positive an impact as it can possibly have on New York City. Absolutely. And it's everyone doing their part there. So um, be mindful of what you're bringing, what you need to take with you. As I mentioned earlier about your apparel and your clothing during your training, what race day will be. We'll have our teams just about the first two and a half, three miles is where we notice the most athletes will shed clothing. There's the out and back on Flatbush Avenue, which is a bit of a climb. When you enter into Prospect Park and, climb, and work your way up the drive on Prospect Park, that's a bit of a climb as well. So a lot of folks will start to get warmed up at that point to be able to shed their clothing. So our team would be out there to pick up and receive those that clothing accordingly. All right, Ted. Well, it's always such an exciting day at New York Roadrunners. My second time going through it as CEO, and I, I remember last year just what a big deal it was being there when the experience opens on the first day. And they were lined up down the block, way around the block. It's it was a lot of fun. So it's an exciting day, and we can't wait to bring it to folks. Ted, I know your team's going to do a great job. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait for all these runners to descend on New York and have a great day at the United Airlines NYC half. Can't wait. Ted, I know your team's ready, so we'll be there before we know it. The countdown begins. Looking forward to seeing everybody out there with big smiles on their face, spectators, partners, friends, family. Huge thank you to the city agencies, parks, and everyone else that worked so hard alongside us to execute a safe and operationally sound event. Leverage your training and preparation for the day. Plan ahead. Look at what your transportation is going to be. Look at what the weather is going to be. Look at what time your wave time is going to be. Tell folks to look out for you. Let them know that you're uh, what you're wearing. Put your name on your shirt so people can shout it out proudly, loudly, and get excited for you. But again, thank you all so very much for coming out and running with us. The half marathon distance is in a great way to get things going. All right, Ted, can't wait. Thank you very much. Ted Metellus, the Senior Vice President of Event Production at New York Roadrunners and the Race Director of the United Airlines NYC Half. Now it's time for our New York Roadrunners member moment, Peter Kirk. Peter is the CEO of CERMO, which is a healthcare insights and physician engagement platform. However, Peter is also a cancer survivor who received a life-saving blood stem cell transplant eight months after being diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. In 2022, following a harrowing journey from diagnosis to survival, Peter launched Be Your Possible, which is a new type of charitable organization that's raising awareness and funds for medical research while inspiring millions globally to find their possible through Be Your Possible. Peter hosts the annual Run for Research event, attracting physicians from around the world to hit the ground running for medical advancement. And he's also committed to running a thousand half marathons by the 10th anniversary of his blood stem cell transplant to raise a million dollars for research at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center while creating this movement to inspire others. Peter, it's so great to have you on the show and your story is incredible. So I want to take you back now to 2020, right? You, you, you are going through cancer, you go through the treatment and now you've, you've been through it. You've, you know, gone into remission, I assume. How did you go from just getting over this cancer treatment to first now starting to run again? Well, first, as I got out of the ICU and being intubated in a coma, I was basically in, in a shock. It was all unexpected. It came, came out of nowhere. I was put in this uh, coma and, and being um, intubated within 48 hours of getting the diagnosis. So I came out being shell-shocked, as you, you might imagine what happened to my life. I didn't do any kind of exercise while I was going through my next six months of follow-up chemo. And then on June 9th, 2021, 
um, I received a miraculous uh, stem cell transplant, 850 million stem cells uh, from this amazing guy in DC named Sam, who am forever going to be my hero. And uh, and he cured me. He cured me of leukemia. He cured me of being neutropenic, immunocompromised, and gave me a whole new immune system. So that was amazing, but it's also devastating your body because they've given you a lot of chemo to be able to accept his stem cells and not fighting and whatnot. So when you come out of a transplant experience as a person, even if it went well, like it did in my case, you're, you're decimated. When I came uh, back from the hospital, I laid on the couch. I remember I just came home. The kids weren't home yet. And I was going to get up and get a little bit of Gatorade. And I went up and I had to use two hands to open the fridge. Then I finally got the Gatorade out of the fridge. And then I figured out I didn't have enough strength to open the bottle cap. And I had to put it back in the fridge, close the fridge, go back to the couch, lay down and wait for my wife to go home. So the next two months was about very slow recovery, where just trying to walk a little bit, trying to get in the pool and just move, you know, from one end to the next. And yeah. and then two two months after the, the, the transplant, uh, so that takes us to, to early August um, 21, I was, I'm going to go for a run. And I didn't, I knew it wasn't going to be in good shape, but I thought, Rob, I thought I can you know, go from Chelsea to Hudson River and get out there and just run around a little bit. And I made this deal with myself that I was going to go as far as I could. And then, and I can't go any further, I'll stop, turn around, and walk home. I didn't want my first run to be this negative, painful thing. So I, I set out. I got p- past the first stoplight. And I had to stop. I couldn't go any further. My my lungs weren't there. I I, I couldn't. I, it was hard time breathing. So I stopped, and it was two hundred meters. And I did what I promised. And I was a little bit shocked. Like what you know, that's it. And I start walking back home, and I start thinking to myself, now your mind can work real quickly. Like what just happened? And Peter, it's it's okay. It was a sunny day. I remember that. It's. You know, be happy the transplant worked and they say you're cured of cancer and and you got a wonderful family, wonderful wife, and maybe just start doing some old man kind of exercise stuff. <laughs> and that, and that, I remember having this sort of picture in my mind that, um, you know, some kind of do these machines and, you know. Yeah, like, like this you know, running things over for me. I'm, I've got to kind of let go of that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then. But then, then like 10 seconds later, I was like, no, 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 screw that. Um, you need a big goal. But what's a big goal? And what came to mind? New York Marathon. So I went, went up to, to the flat, uh, hit the keyboard, and it turns out, as you guys very well know, right, you can sign up with a charity. And lo and behold, uh, Fred's team, which is Memorial Sloan Kettering, which is where I got my transplant from, have, have their team. So I signed up with Fred's team. And I told my family that night, they thought I was crazy. I told my team at work the next morning, they thought I was crazy. And then I I told the doctors a few days later, and they were like, you mean the marathon next year, right? In in 22. And like, no, no, the one in November, the one 12 weeks from now. And they're like, you can't do that. Like, well, you can't really tell me not to. <laughs> so um, I'm like, I'm going to go do it. So then I, I started... In my mind, I was going to go from this 200-meter, Rob, which is the first I could go, to 42,200 meters 12 weeks later. And the key was just not giving up. And I ended up doing it in 20 runs. And it took me 10 runs to get from the 200 meters to one mile. And then it became two miles, three miles, four miles, six miles, eight miles, 10 miles. And in just 20 runs, I was actually able to go from this one block basically to doing the marathon now me doing the marathon it wasn't pretty it wasn't fast it was just about completing it which i did right uh, so that was a one of the biggest experiences in my life because to me it had become it had become the definition of me beating that whole journey and not just beating it but no longer being defined as a survivor I won't be yeah. defined as me, Peter. I set my own goals. I decide what I'm going to do, what I'm capable of. 
So that was that was taking me to that that crazy life defining moment past everything that happened of completing New York Marathon uh, back in in twenty twenty one. It's incredible, Peter. I have to admit, I think I would have been one of the people who have, would have said it was crazy um, if if you had come to me in August, coming off of what you came off of, and said you were going to run the marathon that November. So. Incredible. Congratulations. Was that your first marathon, Peter, or had you been an experienced marathon runner before that? Yeah, I, I, I had never been accused of being a runner prior to um, <laughs> prior to the, <laughs> uh, the whole cancer experience. I guess I would have been, Rob, what you call a, a, a fit guy, right? So I played different sports as a kid. I liked going to the gym. Every now and then in the summertime, I'd go for a few ones. I had indeed done... I'd done the Charlotte Marathon and I'd done Copenhagen Marathon back 20 years ago, but I wasn't a runner and, you know, and this kind of thing. But I was a fit guy kind of thing and I could put myself up to, you know, to certain things. I did some, some road, road biking and, and different things like that. But, amazing. So, amazing. Uh, yeah. Truly an amazing uh, accomplishment. And so, all right. So you, you finished the marathon in 2021. How do we get from there to what you're doing now, which is trying to finish 1,000 half marathons? Yeah, I would. I mean, I may, maybe I wish I hadn't <laughs> made that promise, but but what what happened was we, we start sharing my journey from 200 to 42,200 on on social and LinkedIn and whatnot, and I got this overwhelming amount of feedback that number one inspired me. And then I started realizing to some extent I was inspiring others to go out and be more and do more kind of thing. So I we completed the marathon. And then the next day I had, I forget the term you guys use, but like post-marathon. Uh, like I call it like the post-race letdown. Yeah, where you finish a exactly. race and then you're <laughs> like, now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so the next day I, I was sitting on on the fire escape and I felt empty kind of. I was like, what now? And it was weird because I you know, survived. I got the transplant. I was cured. I did the marathon. It, everything was like supposed to be. But normal was no longer good enough. Normal was good enough before the cancer, but was, now wasn't good enough. So I felt this weird um, need to somehow, it had to be and do more. So after four or five days, I had really planning to do no more running or fitness stuff until after Christmas. I knew I felt anxious and a little bit restless. So I grabbed my sh running shoes and went to Hudson River and took a lift down towards Battery Park. And as I was going out there, I was like, well, I'll just keep spinning, keep going around and get to Brooklyn Bridge. I love that that moment uh, running on the Brooklyn Bridge. And then if I then I'm like, well, if I go a little bit further and then turn around, that would had done a half a marathon, sort of not planned, just kind of happened that I was out there. And I came back home and I told my wife, you know, um, I just I just did half a marathon. Like, really? It's like, yeah, like it didn't feel so hard, actually. And then uh, like two days later, I was like, Mom, let me try that one more time. <laughs> and I went out there again. And then two days later, I was like, I did it one more time. So three in, in was that in, in five days? And it was, that was on that third half marathon. I was like, hey, for a lot of people, running half marathon is a pretty big deal. So right then I felt motivated. It felt easy. It felt like a, an easy, small thing to do. So the, I started thinking maybe I can make half running a lot of half marathons my way to inspire other people. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great idea. It's, it's amazing. But a thousand is really something, Peter. So the United Airlines NYC half in March will be number 250 for you. That is, um, that is correct. Is, yeah. I mean, so you're really doing this. What does what reaching that milestone mean? And how many years do you think it's going to take you to get to a thousand? Yeah. So, so the, Number one, my, if you ask, if you had my mother on here, she say, Peter's always been crazy. He doesn't take no for an answer. And he always wants to, you know, conquer the world somehow. Um, so the, the, the big goal is doing number 1,000 on the 10th anniversary of my transplant. That's what I'm trying to celebrate and, and, and help inspire people. And I'm trying to raise a million dollars from a Morris Sloan catering with all this running and stuff. Uh, 250 
um, it's a, to me a real milestone. I'm I'm an optimistic guy, so I feel like if I can get to 25%, I can get the rest 75%, right? So it has taken two, it will have taken two years and three, three or four months to get to 250. So I'm basically on track, doing slightly north of 100 uh, per year. So I'm running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then you have some business travel, some vacation, some injury, and it's, it's, it's planning out to, to do it that way. But um, for me to do it together with you guys on United will be extra meaningful and it'll be nice to be able to share it. And I hope some people come out and, um, and maybe part, part of the celebration. I love it. Okay. I want to I want to know how to follow all of this. So are you on Strava? Are all of these half marathons on Strava? Can we follow you and your all these halves you're running three times a week? I uh, I am not a a tech um a wizard. So I do all of it with the Apple Watch. I joined Strava's Strava um less than a year ago. So they, they missed the first hundred or something like that. But as of now, you can see, and I'm going to run one more today. And you can see I ran you know, last week. And last week, I had some travels. So I only did two. Uh, but this week, I should do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, so we can follow you, Peter Kirk on Strava, and follow these runs. I'm going to start doing that because I want to see this. Yeah, yeah, please do. And it's under Be Your Possible because I, it started a charity, uh, Be Your Possible. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. I would love. Okay, love so be your possible. Be your possible is the thing to follow on Strava. And then, Peter, for folks who want to support what you're doing, they want to donate to your cause and the incredible work you're doing with Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. What's the best way for folks to find that and to donate and support your runs? So the the, the number one goal is to help inspire people to be their possible. Just like I'm trying to be my possible, we are running the thousand marathons. So let's be good together and let's do good together. Secondarily, it is let's say let's help raise some money for medical research. Uh, if if people want to support, what I'm asking people to do is to help support by fifty cents or maybe a dollar for each half marathon I run towards my fifty. So if I do about 10 a month and you're in for 50 cents, you're in for about $5 a month. You can obviously cancel any time. So right now I'm up to, I think I'm up to $354 per half marathon that's clicking in, right? And my goal is to slowly over time get up to $1,000 per half marathon. So it help, helps keep me going. And then lastly, if you don't mind me 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 uh, adding here, the last thing uh, I'm very excited about is that with the help of our company, Sermo, we have started a, a charity, virtual charity run in the first or the second Sunday in June every year, where we have about multiple thousands of doctors running uh, a virtual run around the world, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars, not just for stem cell transplant research, but for any type of medical research where... Our company raised the money. The doctors are running, voting with their feet. So if you run 10 miles or 10K, you say, I would like to vote my 10 miles towards heart research or Alzheimer's research or whatnot. And uh, we would love to expand that program to go beyond doctors and maybe have you guys be part of it somehow. Uh, so we can get lots of more people running for, for medical research. But for now, please join me at Be Your Possible. Be Your Possible. So is that the website, Be Your Possible? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You can follow my progress. You can see some documentary stuff and yeah. Amazing. We'll put that in the show notes for folks to follow. Peter, congratulations on everything, your health. Um, you know, this is a podcast. Folks can't see you. I can say you look great. Uh, you sound great and you're, you're doing incredible things. So uh, I want to wish you all the best. We can't wait to see you at the starting line in Brooklyn for the United Airlines NYC half. Hope you have a great day that day and continue to stay healthy and continue to inspire. It's amazing stuff. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Time now for our Meb Minute. And Meb, we said earlier in the show, we've got a lot of runners now getting into the flow of the year, increasing that mileage for some spring races. But we know that training for a race isn't just about the running, right? A lot of it is about the recovery between the runs. What can you say about the importance of incorporating recovery into your training plan, whether it's for a half or for a marathon? Rob, the spring, when the spring comes, the training 
picks up a little bit. But in the winter train, I, th- I emphasize about strength training. Uh, in, when you need to do the core, uh, weight, and things like that. Now the mileage, as it picks up, you need to be very careful because you don't want to ramp up your mileage too soon and lead to injuries. The whole point is to stay healthy and be strong. And how you do that is recovery. Recovery is very important, not only uh, when you're running, but also while you run, meaning that hydration is very important. Make sure you take your fluids in. And then when you do an intervals, when you're introducing to do intense workout, the recovery, you need to be full recovery instead of, and then as you get fitter and fitter and you get used to the body, getting used to it, the recovery can be shorter. So be able to give yourself a full recovery between whether it's uh, intervals and things like that, but also sleep. Sleeping is important. Stretching is important. And also self-massage or uh, things like that can be able to just keep the muscles really uh, you know, in shape and condition and be able to be just a, um, be able to just have a good good movements of those muscles. So hydration, I can't emphasize that or overemphasize that. You need to be able to just give your your muscles the things that they need. So be able to just have fun. Don't increase the mileage too soon is my only big advice because the weather might be nicer. It's like I can go two two extra miles and things like that. Don't be that person. Just train enough to be able to just keep making progress and consistent moving to the right direction. All right, great advice always from Meb Kofleski. That's today's Meb Minute. And now it is trivia time. We're going to give away some bibs to the 2024 United Airlines NYC half. Remember, what you need to do is be sure to like, follow, and subscribe the show so you don't miss your chance at this complimentary entry into the 2024 United Airlines NYC half. Here's the trivia question. Who is the only athlete in this year's United Airlines NYC half professional wheelchair division who raced in the same race and same division 10 years ago? Go ahead, send your answer along with that screenshot proving that you've subscribed and left a rating to NYRR podcast at NYRR.org. That's NYRR podcast at NYRR.org. The drawing will end at midnight on February 22nd and a winner will be randomly selected on February 23rd. All rules surrounding these sweepstakes are available at nyrr.org slash set the pace. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. We want to thank Ted Metellus for joining us and giving us a rundown of the UANYC half. And of course, we want to thank our member, Peter Kirk, for sharing his incredible story with us as well. We are now at the finish line. Thanks for joining us. Remember, folks, running is like life. You got to keep going. We'll see you next time.